Psalm 145, I exalt you, my God, the King, and bless your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor and glorious majesty and your wondrous works. They will proclaim the power of your awe-inspiring acts and I will declare your greatness. They will give a testimony of your great goodness and I will joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and great in faithful love. The Lord is good to everyone. His compassion rests on all he has made. All you have made will thank you, Lord. The faithful will bless you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and will declare your might. Informing all people of your mighty acts and of the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule is for all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his actions. Let's pray. Father, as we read that, I thank you that we we would hear it in our hearts how big you are, how mighty you are and how good you are. And and that we would allow that to roll up in praise to you, not only from our mouth, but from our attitude, from our actions. Uh, Everything that we do, Lord, that it would be focused on you, knowing that you are our dwelling place and you have been our whole life. I thank you that you made a way for us to be at home with you. And I thank you that during this Christmas season, as we turn our attention to you, that we'll find in you more than we could ever fathom and we'll receive from you better than we could anywhere else. We love you and thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to kick off, um, you know, Advent with with this um, encouragement. This is what the Lord had put on my heart. Uh, starting with a little bit of dad vice, right? Advice from dad, uh, a little bit of dad vice. Uh, I've, I've shared uh, this before. Uh, some of you have heard it before. And in that the nature of dad vice, you're going to hear it more than once, just like dad's jokes. He has the same five, four or five jokes and he's going to tell them as often as he can. Um, but my, my kids have heard me say this so many times, and I know you have too, because I've shared it before. Um, but, but this question, uh, or, or the statement, I guess we'll start it with the statement. Uh, when you use something in a way that it's not supposed to be used, one of two things usually happens, right? Something gets broken or somebody gets hurt. When you use something in a way it's not supposed to be used, something can break or someone can get hurt. And I believe that this was the Lord's um, in, instruction to me, helping me understand the principle so that I could pass it down to, to my kids. But I, I've, seen, I've seen this uh, make sense in so many areas of my life. Uh, it, it, it's, it's simple to say and, and deep when you apply it elsewhere. But, but this happens when one of the kids comes up and one of their toys isn't doing what it's supposed to do. And they're like, well, this broke. Well, what were you doing with it? Well, I was, well, I, well, what happened was I was doing this. Okay, well, that's not what it's for. You were using it in a way that it's not supposed to be used, and so you broke it. Or, oh, I hurt my arm. What were you doing? Well, I was doing this. this, this. Okay, <laughs> that's not the way that's supposed to be used. 
And so you got hurt because you were using something in a way it wasn't supposed to be used. And we'll use Caleb as an example. And he was a lot younger when this happened, so he won't be, he'll be okay with it. But Caleb went through a little stint where he got really good at breaking his legs. Um, He did. He did. He broke one leg when he was two and he broke the other one when he was three. He just got it in early. Um, And one of those, it was actually the second leg breaking, Caleb and his cousin, and he was three years old at the time. Caleb and his cousin, who's just a shade older than him, that cousin is, uh, were jumping on the bed. Now, what's a bed supposed to be used for? Sleeping, laying, still, right? They're jumping on it like a trampoline. And, you know, on a trampoline, if you've ever been on one, you're jumping on one with somebody else, you can get that double jump, you know, when y'all kind of both hit at the same time and you get really sprung up in the air. Well, that happened to three-year-old Caleb. And he got sprung up. He's flying through the air. And I'm sure for a moment that felt pretty awesome. Right? There's a song lyric I was telling Kelly about it. It just stuck in my head this last week that falling feels like flying till you hit the ground. Tell you, I was like, well, that'll teach right there. There's a lesson in that. That falling feels like flying until you hit the ground. Well, Caleb hits the ground and pops that lower part of his leg again. And coincidentally, also broke the bed. (laughs) So not only did somebody get hurt, but something got broken. Why? Because we were using something in a way that it's not supposed to be used. And it's not just kids. Kids aren't the only ones subject to that. Men, we do this all the time, right? Our toys are just more expensive and can cause more damage or, or, or greater injury. And, and you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever said to yourself, I need this tool and I don't have it. Is there anything around here that would work? <laughs> right? Is there anything around here I could substitute that would work? Well, what am I about to do? I'm about to use something in a way it's not supposed to be used. And of course, necessity is the mother of invention. That's how we end up with some of the things we end up with is because we tried something different. But we got to remember there's a high chance of failure when we do that and also a risk of what? Injury and something breaking. Because we've all done that. We're like, this will work. And when we try to use it and we either hurt ourselves or we break what it is we were trying to work on or what we were trying to work with and it didn't go like we wanted it to go. What happens when you use something in a way it's not supposed to be used? Something can get broken. Somebody can get hurt. And that, those are simple examples. What about relationships? You know, when, when I try to use my spouse in a way or my friend in a way that they're not supposed to be used, something can get broken. Somebody can get hurt. We do it with our bodies. When we use our bodies in ways that they're not supposed to be used, something can get broken. Somebody can get hurt. Uh, Medicines, we use them in a way they're not supposed to be used. Stuff can break. So so people can get hurt. Food, when we use it in a way or relationship with it, that that we're, you know, it's outside of what's good and wise and helpful to us. Things can break and we can get hurt. It can be played out and you can see it in so many different Applications, But obviously our main topic today and leading up to Christmas is what about holidays? What about holidays? Can they be used in a way they're not supposed to be used, which would cause something to break or somebody to get hurt? Because we're coming off of one holiday. We're coming off of Thanksgiving and we're coming up on two more. We're coming up on Christmas and 
New Year's. And, and what are these holidays intended for? What's the intended purpose of a holiday? I mean, it, the, the very word comes from holy day, right? A day that's set apart, a day that's separate, a day that's special. And it's generally for remembrance. It's for reflection. It's to point back to an original event or purpose or ideal. And of course, Christmas pointing to God Almighty, the same God Almighty that we read about here in Psalm 145. God, the King whose name is blessed forever, the Lord who's great and highly praised his greatness unsearchable. One generation declaring your works to the next. That's part of the holiday that we're passing along those mighty works that he has done from one generation to the next. So that when they ask, why do we do this? We're able to tell them why we do what it is that we do and proclaiming his mighty acts. Speaking of your splendor and your glorious majesty, your wondrous works, proclaiming the power of your awe inspiring actions and declaring your greatness, giving testimony of your greatness. Great goodness and joyfully singing of your righteousness. Every day we're to bless his name, we're to speak of his splendor and proclaim his power, especially in days and times like the Christmas season, because we're, what we're remembering is what Christ came to earth. Born a baby, born to the Virgin Mary. And it said in Matthew that what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and you're to name him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. So we can, there's an intended purpose for these holidays, for these special days. How is it supposed to be used? It's supposed to be used humbly and, and thoughtfully. With, with purpose for us to remember, for us to rejoice, for us to gather around this idea, to gather around this moment in history that means so much to us and celebrate who he is and what he's done. That's how it's supposed to be used. But we can real quick mishandle it, can't we? We can really quickly mishandle that holiday season, that Christmas time with selfishness, Self-centeredness, materialism, consumerism. We, we, we can mishandle it with all these things, asking the day or the season even to do something that it can't do, which is be God for us. To, to take something good and make it ultimate. And we talked about how our heart has the tendency to do that. We went through that. I guess that was last year. Man, time has gone by really fast. Uh, but but we we can take something good and turn it into something ultimate and we can put pressure on it that it can't bear and we can try to hold ourselves by it and it can't hold us. And when that pressure backfires, it always backfires on us and we end up trying to fulfill it. And again, when we use something in a way it's not supposed to be used, things get broken, people get hurt. I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Have you noticed... Um, How extended the Christmas season has gotten. I was looking for the right word. <laughs> Have you looked at how extended it's gotten? Like we're, we're ready for Christmas by the end of October. 
Right. And it wasn't always that way. I mean, it wasn't all when I remember growing up and it was like it didn't really get towards Christmas till maybe after December 15th. You know, and then you started, OK, it's getting towards Christmas. I guess we ought to put up the tree. You know, we're thinking about presents or we get the Sears catalog and circle what we want. But 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 the season has gotten so much longer. And that's not a bad thing by itself. That can be a very good thing if we're if we're using it correctly and we're pointing to Jesus. But I think part of it is that that culture is looking for the holiday to make me feel a certain way, to bring me a certain level of excitement. I, I want that. I want what I felt. And, and I need it earlier. I need it. We're getting more needy in our in our souls, even though we've got more stuff today than we've ever had. Um, Again, the, the, the season stretching out can be a very, very good thing if we're handling it correctly. But if it's stretched out and we're handling it poorly, it can be even worse, can't it? Because we, we can get uh, broken and, and hurt. And I, I found, a, a, as God reminded me of, of something I had read, an author who was speaking on uh, how we can get in a state of hurry and some of you have heard me share on hurry before, and, and he defined it as a frantic effort we fall into in response to inadequacy, in response to fear, in response to guilt. This hurried feeling, this anxious feeling uh, because of a feeling of inadequacy, guilt, and um, fear. Inadequacy, fear, and guilt. We get in this uh, hurried state and we can fall into that all the time, right? That can happen to us anytime. We're subject to those feelings and those motivations normally, but how much more during the holidays? How much more during this time? I remember Kelly and I getting into it a couple years ago. Uh, I was home the whole week of Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving. And we had already started to talk about presents and the tree was already up. And she was getting stressed out that we weren't going to have everybody's presents bought in time. Well, what about this? Well, I don't know what we're going to get this kid. I don't even know. I've only got this and this for them. I'm like, it's November. Like you got, she, she just, but, but what was it? She felt, and at, she didn't feel like she had enough time. She didn't feel like she had enough ideas. She didn't feel like it was going to get done. And so she was starting to feel that, that, that hurried deal. And she's, you know, she's bringing it to me and then that's making me feel that way. And I'm like, we ain't even got to Thanksgiving yet. I still haven't had my turkey yet. So, so we had to, and we figured that out. This is part of what, what is happening because of the season has extended. We feel like it's right here and upon us and, and I've got to hurry. I've got to get this done. I don't feel adequate to get it done. I'm afraid that I'm not going to get it done. And I feel guilty if I don't get it done for the people that I love and that I care about. And, and so there's so much more opportunity for it in this season when, when people ask you, like, what you getting your wife for Christmas? You know, people at work want to bring up conversation. What you get? To, what are you getting the kids? Like, what's their big present this year? And you're like, gosh, I don't even know yet. Like, what are they even like? I'm not. So, so you're asking things like that. Well, have you got your decorations up? Did you do more than you did last year? Well, how is it compared to, to, to mine? Have you seen all the movies? Have you gotten to sit down with the family and have those special moments? You know, what are you doing for others? Because you don't want it to just be about you. What are you doing for others this year? What about all your events that you're having? Is the family coming to your house? Or are you going to their house? Is the schedule going to work out? And, and all of these things. And then when you're talking about family, is everybody going to act like they're supposed to? Or do I have to try to keep everybody in line? How much of that's going to fall apart that I'm going to have to deal with? And he's like, ah! 
And, and, and it just real quick can take something that's good and right and helpful and a blessing and just turn our soul into knots, can't it? And see, and above all, and where part of the problem comes from is above all, what do we have to do? We have to take our family Christmas and document it and then enter it into the family Christmas competition that is social media, Right? Right. That's what we have to do. And, and, and you'll see pictures of people and they're having this. Oh, it's so beautiful. And they're at this fireplace and everything looks amazing. You're like, well, they're doing it much better than I am. I mean, we're all yelling at each other. and We got things going on. And what you realize is like we can take that picture, too. And you don't realize that we might have been fussing right before that. And like one kid's crying and one kid had to be grounded at Christmas, you know, and all of these things. But if we can take the picture and it's just all cherubs and everybody's happy. And when we compare ourselves one to another, it can make us feel even more hurried. And again, all of these things, everything that I listed there doesn't have to go poorly. It it can go well. It can go really well. It can be a lot of fun or it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting and a lot of it has to do with our attitude towards it, doesn't it? One, One question that uh, that author asked when he was or, or that he he stated about himself and then he po- poses the question, you know, how many of your moments that you're disappointed in your actions and your attitude came when you were in a hurry? How many of your when your your, your worst moments were they when you were hurried and over busy and, and, and overstimulated and trying to do to much. How many of those things happened when we were hurried or exhausted? Because I know I'm, I'm at my uh, least when I feel hurried or when I'm overly exhausted. So again, what happens when you use something in a way it's not supposed to be used? Things get broken and people get hurt. And the problem isn't unique to holidays, but the holidays have their own special problem. And um, a, a large part of it, and I, I'm thankful for the devotion book that I was looking into. Uh, yeah, a lot of books, like it's a problem. Um, but they're used books. I try to do it that way. You know, I don't buy them at full retail. And so because of that, I'll have a list of books that I'm looking for that I saw recommended by people or that I thought I might want. And I'll put that on my little wish list on the used book website and I'll wait till the price is good. And then I'll get it, even though I'm not going to read it right then. I know I'm going to need it later. And so some of those, they come in and Kelly will pick them up. She's like, well, I want to read this devotion book. I think it would be good. And so she's been reading. I haven't touched it. And then... um, as I was studying this and reading through this, it's sitting there on the table and it was just like, a, go ahead and pick that one up. Pick that one up and let's look to, you know, it's, it's a day-to-day devotion. It's like, let's look at the few days just right around here, just right around now. And it's a guy named Paul David Tripp and his writings have always been a blessing to me. And uh, he was writing about glory. He was writing about glory and saying that humans are hardwired for glory, to seek glory, to, to, to entertain glory, to enjoy glory. It's woven into the fabric of our hearts to, to want that, to seek that, and to, to even need that, right? And he went on to say that we were designed in this way so that we would be able to take in all the glories of creation so that those glories would point us to the one glory that is truly glorious 
and alone able to satisfy our hearts, the glory of God, right? So they were able to take in all the glories in life, all the riches in life, all the things of substance and worth in life, and that roll up into the giver of all glory, God Almighty. And I've heard him talk about this before, and he refers to it as a glory war. They were always fighting for glory, either our own or someone else's. We're in a pursuit of glory. And like all of our other examples, this pursuit can go the wrong way. We can pursue the wrong type of glory because either our hearts are going to be captured by the temporary glories of this world, which is what happens when we're in the world, when we're lost. I mean, even when we're lost and far from Christ, if we eat good food, it tastes good, right? There's glory in that. When we have relationships, there can be so much good in that, even when we're far from Christ, but, but the glory stops there, our hunger for it is more than what those can provide, but our experience of it stops there. And so what are we doing? We're continuing to search and we end up feeling that hurried, exhausted feeling because we're captured by the temporary glories of this world. Or we can, by grace, be captured by the eternally satisfying glory of God. And so, again, that word glory can be hard to wrap our mind around, but we, we talked about it in Bible study. It, it even in the Old Testament, it was a similar word for weight, like even heaviness or substance. Uh, the Psalms refers you to the riches of God's glory. It, 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 it's honor and, and even his reputation. When we say we're seeking glory, this is part of what we're seeking. So when it says the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and great and faithful love, he's good to everyone. His compassion rests on all he has made. All you have made will thank you, Lord. The faithful will bless you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom and declare your might informing all people of your mighty acts and of the glorious splendor of your kingdom your kingdom is, is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule is for all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his actions. So something that we know about ourselves is that we're going to pursue glory. At Christmas, anytime during the year, we're going to pursue glory. It's what we're going to do. So during this season, it's what you're going to do. You're going to pursue that, 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 that weightiness, that substantial nature of something. You're going to pursue those riches of experience. You're going to pursue that. So the question then becomes, whose glory will you pursue? Is it going to be his or is it going to be our own. And it's less about the activities. We, we can do all of the activities. It's not, as, it's not about them as much as it is our attitude in the activities and our motivation for, for, for why we're doing it. Right. Because we know that two people can do the exact same thing with different motivations and a different attitude. And, and there be a different, dramatically different experience for those two people. OK, so here's another bit of dad advice. The more you make this season about you, the more miserable you will be. The more you make this season about you, the more miserable 
you're going to be because nothing will go well enough. Nobody will act right enough. Uh, there will always be a chasing of a glory that, that you can't sustain or bear the weight of. When we make it about ourselves, we are most miserable. When it's most about me, I am the most miserable. And, and again, just be ready for it. We're all going to do that in some measure this season. We're all going to do that in some measure today, right? We're all going to do that in some measure today. It's not whether we are or whether we're not. It's how are we going to, are we going to catch it, catch the fact that that's what we're doing? And if we are, if we do catch it, how are we going to respond? Because if we use something in a way it's not supposed to be used, something gets broken and somebody gets hurt. Well, how do we know how something is supposed to be used? Right. That's a big part of the equation. How do we know how something is supposed to be used? What do we do with products? We go to what did the maker say about this? What did the instructions say about this? Right. You can go right out here and and pull the trash bags out of the drawer and there's a big old roll of clear plastic trash bags and they have writing on them. On the trash bags. And do you know what it says on the writing on the trash bags? It says, do not use this in a baby's crib. <laughs> they want to be very clear that you shouldn't do that. And that tells me somebody did it at some point. I don't know why they looked at that and said, you know what would be a good idea? Let's put this in the baby's crib instead of the trash can. Right? Or you get a new jacket and you reach your hands into the pockets and you feel something in there, don't you? And you take it out and it's a little packet, a little white packet. And it's got writing on it. What does it say? Don't eat this. Don't eat this. Because I guess somebody stuck their hand in there and was like, I think I could eat this. Right? What happens when you use something the way it's not supposed to be used? Stuff gets broken. Somebody gets hurt. You eat that. It's going to hurt. It's not going to go well. And so they put that in there and say, don't use this this way. And, and you see it with capacity warnings like, hey, don't put more than this many people or this much weight on the elevator. Right. Why? Because it's only so strong. It can only hold up so much. Have you ever been on one and thought, I don't know if we're OK right now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we're OK right now. So that you, we, we've got these warnings so that we know we, we've got these instructions so that we know how things are supposed to be. Used. And scripture even tells us that, that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that can be death. The end of that is death when it's just a way that seems right to a man, a way that seems right to him. I'm going to put this in the baby's crib. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in my mouth. Maybe you should read on it before you put it in your mouth. But there's a way that seems right to a man, but the way that is death. So, so, we, so we go to the, the, the maker. We go to his instruction And so what would scripture say to us in regards to this upcoming holiday? Well, I mean, obviously it can say say a whole lot, right, to instruct us. The whole thing is full of instructions for us. And as I was thinking on this through the week, I was like, Lord, what what is the instruction that you would give to to, kind of encapsulate this whole thing? Like, like help me see where where this goes so so that I can better communicate the answer. I I feel like we've outlined the problem, you know, and, and the need for help and an answer. Like, what's the answer? And... I had one of those uh, pillow epiphanies. You ever have one of those? 
Like once you lay in the bed and everything's quiet and everything's still and I'm almost asleep and I'm just thinking on things and, and, and meditating a little bit on this as I'm about to fall asleep. And then it, it, it came to my mind. I had a realization and I was like, God, that's that's perfect. That's that's the answer. And, I'm, you know, I'm laying it's dark. I don't have my glasses on They're over here. I'm like, should I get my phone and like jot this down right now? Because I don't like to lose things when I, you know, when I have it. I'm like, I want to I want to grab hold of it because how many times do we do that? And, and or we, we don't like I'll remember this. And then the next day you're like, I, rem- I remember that I forgot something, but I don't remember what it was I forgot. Uh, and so I'm just picturing like, all right, I got to get my glasses because if not, I'm going to have to hold my phone right here where I can see it. And I just felt a peace from the Lord that said, because I literally, I was almost asleep. It's one of those, because I don't have trouble going to sleep. Like when I lay down, it's about 30 seconds. That's about all it is before I'm, I'm out. Uh, and so, but I just felt that peace from the Lord to say, I will remind you about this one. Uh, now he made me wait for it because the next day I was like, what was that? And it was like, you're going to wait until tomorrow. I was like, okay. But the, the, the answer for how can we, a simple point to remember, how can we guard ourselves from misusing this holiday and it becoming something that, that, that can uh, break or, or hurt us, that someone can get hurt, uh, was Matthew 22 and 35 through 40. When I say it, you'll all know it. Uh, One of them, a Pharisee, an expert in the law, asked a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what command in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. So how how should we proceed into this holiday season? Loving him above all else. And then out of that love and that enjoyment with him, we do what? We love one another. And who's not listed in there? It's me. I'm at the bottom then instead of at the top. If I put myself at the top, remember, that's when I'm most miserable. And, and he points out, it's, it's me and then others and then you, but you're kept by number one. You're kept by loving me. So it's him and his glory and his kingdom. And I look on and I love him and I'm satisfied. And I'm not, I'm not hungry for that glory. Why? Because I'm experiencing it in him. And so from that satisfaction, from that position, I love and serve others. Because again, I'm, I'm never more miserable than when it's about me. But when it's about him and others, the more satisfied I'll be. The more, the more peace I will experience and I will feel because I'm not asking others or things to feel something in me that only God can feel. And that also what Jesus said is what it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give him this holiday season than to try to make it serve you. 
And so what I would encourage you to do is, is set aside some time with him. I know we're busy. I know there's a lot going on, but set aside time with him. Set aside time with the body. Make, make sure you're gathering with the body during this time. But, but set aside your own personal time with him where there's some quiet time of reflection and, and remembrance because that is going to help you fight off that, that spirit of hurry, that, that temptation to get drawn into the machine that never stops and that just chews you up and spits you out. Because you're able to be busy without being hurried. You don't have to be still and not doing anything to avoid that, that, that frantic response of hurry even if you're busy and, and we want to be thankful for the time because this is a special time with him. It's a special time of the year. It's a special time with his body and with our family. We just want to remember that it's for his glory. Amen. I want to close with the, this latter part of Psalm 145 because, again, we're going to mess it up. We're going to get it wrong. We're going to slip and make it about us. But hopefully you'll, you'll remember this when you feel that hurry and that anxiety start to well up in you, that you'll remember this. And, and thankfully, he gives us a little bit of an encouragement here in verse 14. The Lord helps all who fall and he raises up all who are oppressed. All eyes look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. Kind of like give us this our daily bread. And you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all his acts. The Lord is near all who call out to him and all who call out to him with integrity. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry for help and saves them. The Lord guards all those who love him, but he destroys all the wicked. My mouth will declare the Lord's praise. Let every living thing bless his holy name forever and forever. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me and we'll pray just to close this out. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this reminder from you Today, Lord, I, I pray over these men and women as we enter into this holiday season. We know that it is uh, filled with so many beautiful and wonderful and right and good things. And we also know that there's uh, several pitfalls for us in it and several traps that we can fall off into. Uh, the, the trap of uh, selfishness and, and self-centeredness, Lord, that you would open our eyes so we can see with eyes of faith and we can walk straight paths with our feet for, for your name and for our good. But Lord, we'll, we'll begin to catch ourselves because we're going to be looking. We're, we're going to catch ourselves as we start to slide off into that where I'm not the servant, I'm the one to be served. I'm not the, I, I'm not the one to give, I'm the one to receive. And as we start to slide over into that, Father, I thank you that you guard us, Holy Spirit, and you check us in our heart, in our innermost being, because we're going to be listening to you. We're going to be walking closely with you and, and we're going to know your voice and your leading. And I thank you that you bring us back to the right path. 
And Lord, that we won't fall over into this spirit of, of, of hurry and, and anxiousness, which would steal all that you have for us in this time. We wouldn't be satisfied with the temporary uh, low level glories that this world can offer God. But in our enjoyment of all the good things that you've given us in this life to richly enjoy, it'll roll up in worship to you because every good and perfect gift comes down from above from you, the father of light and life and love. And I thank you, Lord, that we knowing, knowing your love, we will love you, hold you in in the utmost during this time. God, and from that position, we'll be fulfilled, we'll be satisfied, and, and we can then be a servant of all because we've received all of your glory that we can contain. And I thank you that we can't hold it all. We're going to have to share it with others. Lord, and they they will receive from those good works. And the scripture says, turn and glorify our Father in heaven. We we thank you for this special time that we're going to get to walk in over these next weeks. I thank you that we do so with grace and peace being multiplied to us in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I pray for us as we get ready to go today that we leave in peace and unity with one another. I pray for all those who are out from us from among us today. Lord, I know we've got several weak in their body and needing strength. I thank you that you restore them to strength in Jesus' name, that they'll lie down in peace tonight and sleep because you're their refuge and their fortress, the God and who they trust. And Lord, they will wake up rested, refreshed and invigorated to take on this week, another, another week in your kingdom. And as your children, we thank you for that blessing. We pray over ours that are traveling or that you keep them safe and bring them safely home to us. And, and Father, keep our our heart and our minds stayed on you. I thank you that as we're faithful to give you that time and give you that energy, you meet us there and you give to us our food each day that we need, uh, which isn't just what, what those calories we're putting in our body, Lord, but it's time with you and eyes on your glory. And I thank you that we'll receive from you exactly what we have need of. And we thank you for this time and for all your many blessings in Jesus name. Amen.